Welcome back to Kingdoms Podcast. I am Dre the Ronin. With me today is my best friend and co-host, Mac and Cheese. In this podcast, we will be recapping Marvel's super jam-packed cinematic universe in 2021 from the fantastic Disney Plus shows and movies such as WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Eternals, What If, all the way to No Way Home. Now, Mac, it has been a while since you and I have podcast. I have podcasted. How are you, my bro? I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad I remembered how to plug in like the old microphone. <laughs> yeah, the settings on on this podcast they were all were all whacked up, but you know what? We're ready to go. And uh, anything you'd like to say before we get started here? Uh no, it's been a it was a great year for uh, Marvel in 2021. So uh, definitely glad to be recapping it. Yeah, it, it, it was insane how much. I mean, I remember last year when we were podcasting about Marvel 2020 and the lack of of content that they had. And then here we had so much. I think they raised the bar a lot. But let's begin with WandaVision. Now, um, according to Nielsen ratings, WandaVision was the most watched Disney Plus series in 2021 with 7.3 billion minutes of viewing time. Now, Mac, I can attest that I think personally I watched like 100,000 of those viewing minutes myself, especially for episodes four, six and seven. Um, You actively watch youtube channels for theories and speculation i mean we we covered each and every episode of wandavision but um have you heard anything lately about white vision or spectral vision or whatever his name is oh for well for uh yeah white vision like a nothing too much uh but he's mm-hmm. definitely out there so he has the definite potential to show up in you know at least some other series i'm personally guessing that it's probably going to be more like armor wars since Mm -hmm. like uh white vision is uh, or vision in general could be almost classified like a a stark tech uh technology Mm -hmm. so that's true in this case like i think the the show that would make the most sense for him to bring him back would be like armor wars or -hmm. possibly ironheart because again that that's also a um like another show that a deal delves heavily into like the star technology so that's true yeah. yeah that's true now white vision he is the original vision corpse right from infinity war correct he yes. is right and then sword just like picked him up and pieced him together but for some reason he's milky white right yeah for whatever reason like uh when they were reassembling him he uh i guess they gave him a fresh coat of primer and forgot to add all the additional <laughs> colors <laughs> um do you think do you think uh spectral vision or white vision whatever his name is vision light do you think he's gonna be good or bad what are your thoughts on that well he's he's uh for lack of better terms he's a uh, blank slate so <laughs> i think he could go either way uh-huh. and at, at first you wouldn't think you know like well he's probably not gonna make a great villain but later on mm-hmm. when we talk about the what if series no, you mm. do find out like he could become a great villain if he goes that route. Mm. Yeah, yep, but I, totally agree. I, I think uh, for lack of better terms, he's a blank slate. He can go either way um, mm-hmm. where he he'll reprise being like another um, like a, a good vision, maybe mm-hmm. 2020 vision. Who knows? But um, 
like a but I I I could foresee where where he's going to uh, like he, he, has, he has to be brought in at some point to help turn Wanda, who potentially could be a villain in the um, in the uh, Doctor Strange like a multiverse of madness. Where perhaps like they do need to bring in some version of vision, whether it's spectral white vision, uh, vision, or it's like the um, the heroic vision that we saw in in the WandaVision series. Like I think somehow or another he'll have to make a return in order to help turn Wanda back to the good side. I I think uh, Big Daddy Hex Vision uh, no longer exists, though, sadly, unless for some reason in No Way Home, that whole multiverse opening up that a a version of Vision uh, was able to come through. But I don't think we're going to get Hex Vision anymore, sadly. You know, I mean, he was uh, Paul Bettany's acting skills was just superb in that series. I mean, I can't gush about it enough, but he was just so excellent. And um yeah, White Vision. I mean, if if we if we kind of rewind here and go all the way to Age of Ultron, when Ultron was born and he went on the internet, he spent like five minutes on the internet and he's like, Yeah, humanity should be destroyed. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I think White Vision, now that um Hex Vision, when he opened up uh, all the roadblocks to to the truth and and pretty much freed his mind and he saw the truth about himself. Um, who knows? Who really knows where he's going to lean towards? You know, so I, I, I definitely think you're right. And we'll, we'll, I guess we'll explore that more when we're in the uh, what if portion of this podcast. But kind of piggybacking on what you said about uh, Wanda, you know, how they're probably going to bring in Vision uh, to to maybe stop Wanda. I'm not sure. But we saw Wanda in the uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness teaser trailer at the end of the Spider-Man No Way Home movie. And uh, there was this one scene where, you know, she's doing her magic and she's flexing her fingers again. And um, I, I saw some posts here where her her fingertips were kind of ashy black, kind of the same way that Agatha's fingers were black when she was using her, her magic uh, when they were fighting each other. So um, do you think that Wanda's going to be um, be the antagonist then in Multiver- Multiverse of Madness? Yeah, I think there's going to be a strong possibility. Uh, they hinted at it towards the end of WandaVision in, in their own post-credit, uh, where, see, when she uses her chaos magic, that's red, that doesn't really affect her. But mm-hmm. when you start using the uh, like a, the dark magic, uh, such as mm-hmm. like Agatha did, then yeah, you do see that like it, it actually physically affects you. Like where it's like your fingernails start turning black and, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of WandaVision, we did see Wanda using like the dark hold which is like a yes. you know like the book of the damned and mm-hmm. um i believe like that all those spells that you would use in there would all be dark magic so if she's trying to use like any of the spells that she learned from the dark hold then yeah i think that would turn her fingernails like black hmm. okay cuz i mean um we you know i'll 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 pause i'll pause my thoughts on this because i i want to save it for the what if discussion instead but um all right cool thank you um anything else you'd like to add about wandavision before we move on to my favorite series the falcon and the winter soldier well i do have to irritate like as much great magic as we saw in the wandavision nothing <laughs> compares to agent jimmy woo's able to make a card appear out of nowhere 
That is the most powerful magic I've seen. So much so that I've actually really tried to practice that in real life. <laughs> the close-up magic, right? Yeah, online close-up uh, magic. Let's, <laughs> and, and let's not forget, there's also Sorcerer Supreme Ned. Oh, know, yeah. Might be, it, might be in the future. Exactly. It's like, you know, we, we're going to have like Ned and Jimmy just combine and, you know, <laughs> like Ned will do the portals. and But as we've seen... Like Jimmy doesn't need any portals like to make those cards appear out of nowhere. So that's that's true. That is very so true. So I, I think he'll have the upper hand in in, in that um, scenario. So yeah. Nice, nice. Now let's let's move on to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um I I was I rewatched it um earlier this week and uh I, I just wanted to make some comments because we see, you know, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, a.k.a. Elaine from, from the Seinfeld series, you know, she made an appearance in Falcon and Winter Soldier. And she recruited John Walker, a.k.a. Walmart Cap, a.k.a. U.S. Agent. And um, she also had a cameo in the Black Widow movie at the very end. And apparently, uh, Yelena was, was part of her employ. Because when Yelena was visiting Nat's um, gravestone... Uh, she she goes, you're not supposed to be bothering me on my holiday time, Valentina, while visiting, you know, the, the, the gravestone. And and so she was working for her already. And this is prior to the whole Hawkeye thing. And Zemo is still alive. He's on what is it called? The raft. Is that the prison? It's the raft, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. OK. Oh. And then General Ross is uh, still active, but I don't think he's a general. He's like secretary of defense or something like that. Uh, secretary and, of state. Secretary of State. So we have several people already who are part of the comic book characters to create the sub team known as the Thunderbolts, which would also include the Winter Soldier. Now, I bring this up because while I was watching Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, one of my favorite episodes is episode three, where um, where the magnificent trio went over to Madripoor and Bucky was in his brown outfit, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier brown outfit and um, that scene, and I'm sure you know what scene I'm talking about, is when, in order to keep their cover, uh, Zemo ordered Bucky to go ballistic on some of the thugs that were in there. And he just cleaned, cleaned the floor, wiped everybody out. And here, here's my thing. My, uh, the reason why I bring this up is my worry is that during this whole kerfuffle, we see some of the spectators using their phones to video capture the fight. And... I just have this strong feeling that this recorded footage may play out badly for Bucky if it ever gets leaked. And Val can use that footage to manipulate public opinion about Bucky, turning him into a bad guy, much like how J. Jonah Jameson does with Spider-Man. And um, I, I kind of mentioned this a few minutes ago that in the comics, Bucky is part of the Thunderbolts, along with Yelena and Zemo and Ross, uh, which may also explain why at the very end of season one, um, there was a title change that said instead of Falcon and Winter Soldier, it was Captain America and the Winter Soldier. But they kept the Winter Soldier part. And, you know, you and I, we, we, would, we were wondering about that. Why didn't they just uh, rename it or retitle it to Captain America and the White Wolf right. instead? Right. But um, so what? I'll, I'll pause there. What are your thoughts about the possible Thunderbolts coming up? Yeah, I think that would be great. Uh, it's a... Uh... They'll either be the Thunderbolts or possibly like the Dark Avengers, which is, you know, yeah. the uh, like a, the evil version of the original six, uh, mm -hmm. like uh, Avengers. And yeah, I think it's like a, uh, 
it's it's a good way to uh, again bring in the team that you would think would be heroes, but they're more, much more willing to do the uh, uh, to go dark, to go yeah. um, you know much more violent, uh, much more ruthless in in their desire to achieve like their mission. So, mm-hmm. of which, yeah, I'd be surprised if Bucky would would be thrown fully back into that Winter Soldier persona. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know with the with the Falcon Winter Soldier TV series, a lot of it was spent like showing like Bucky, you know, trying to make amends, and mm-hmm. uh, and then again that great scene where he um, with him and Io uh, isolated away mm-hmm. in in Wakanda, mm-hmm. and she started stating the the uh, code words but mm-hmm. they didn't work on them yep. so i think to to have all that and to have that great scene all of a sudden like not mean as much uh by you know if all of a sudden they 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 do find a different set of code words like to activate the winter soldier i think that would mm-hmm. be kind of disappointing but um but yeah i i do like your approach like perhaps like there's a because of all the footage that happened when Bucky was pretending to be Winter Soldier, you know, maybe mm-hmm. he could be, he's uh, blackmailed into, okay, we need you to do this mission and, you know, we'll make all this go away. Right. Right. To clear his name, right? That, right. oh, we need you to do this. We need you to do that. Uh, I don't think that Val is beyond that. I think she would definitely do that. Plus, um, I, I know I'm kind of skipping ahead here. Um, Electra is also part of the Thunderbolts. And since, you know, a very good lawyer is now part of the MCU, along with a bear, a, a very big guy in New, in New York. So um, add her into the mix. So that's five people already. That's enough to, to in my opinion, to make a Thunderbolts thing. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this in actually to my next topic. I just thought about this right now. Um, Black Panther two, or, or I think they're calling it Wakanda Forever, is gonna be released th- later this year. Um, I, I, I have the date later on. I think it's November or something. Mm-hmm. But um, so our, uh, there's there's this whole speculation that Namor, uh, the god of the seas or something, is going to be making his official MCU appearance. And we've talked about this offline several times that um, that it is possible that he will make an appearance. But he is a good guy, right? Eventually, he's a good guy. He's part of the Avengers. He's part of the Illumi- the Marvel Illuminati. Um but and I believe that in the comics, he was introduced battling the nation of Wakanda. So I think this is where he'll make his appearance. And uh, we also talked about this, that uh, there was that scene in Endgame. Remember that scene in Endgame that kind of hinted at this? Yeah, the uh, there was a earthquake under the ocean uh, deal. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When that when that was having her Zoom call with uh, with the with the rest of the Avengers and then uh, General Okoye said there was an earthquake under the sea, and Nat was insistent. Did you did you check it out? Did you you know <laughs> because she wants to be on top of everything, right? And then Okoye was so irritated. She's like, "We handle it by not handling it." <laughs> and I that was just so funny. It's like, how do you handle an earthquake, Nat? I mean, get a grip. Eat your peanut butter sandwich and just get a grip on yourself, right? But um, but but here's here's my tie-in to what we were just talking about about Falcon and Winter Soldier and. In I think episode five, um, Io warned Bucky not to show his face in Wakanda anytime soon because of how he was collaborating with Zemo. And, you know, Zemo was the one who murdered their king, 
right? So that's a, that's something huge. Some that's that's really a, a massive strike towards not just the Dora Milaje, but to Wakanda themselves. That he, he killed their king, and here's White Wolf, who they cured. Why is he cooperating with them, right? right. So here's here's my thing. What if you know Namor gets introduced as the pri- as an antagonist at first? You know how all Marvel movies are. They they fight in the beginning, like in Avengers, you had Thor and Iron Man and Cap all fighting in the forest first, and then all of a sudden they're all best friends. The Guardians did the same thing. So there's you know a little bit of a, a fight before they all become best friends. What if the primary antagonist first? It's going to be Namor, and then they become friends with you know the people of Wakanda. The and they're the primary antagonists of that movie are the Thunderbolts with Bucky leading the charge and he's not welcome in Wakanda. And then here's general Ross who, you know, just hates everybody anyway. And, and everybody else in that group. Well, what are your thoughts about that possible theory? Uh, well, I think, uh, yeah, I think that that's like a solid theory. Uh, I would assume though that for, uh, because, like uh, Namor and the Nation of Atlantis and and Wakanda have been at, at odds at, uh, with each other in the comic books. That I think it, it's going to be more like a direct conflict. That um, mm-hmm. you know, like the uh, well, I think it, it's not that earthquake that happened in um, in Endgame that caused it, but uh, you know, we're I'm pretty sure we'll talk about it like a later on uh, with the events that occurred during uh, Eternals. I think a uh, uh, a mm. celestial emerging from the center of the earth, like and probably breaching through the ocean, like cause like mm. probably some major rifts that, um, that, yeah, that, uh, probably cause a lot of problems for Namor. And then he's finally just, you know, okay, you know what? We've had it. Like, uh, these service dwellers have, have caused so many problems for us, like down here in the ocean. It's like, uh, you know, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna attack, um, like, uh, perhaps like the most powerful nation, like, a uh, in the MCU, which would be uh, Wakanda, Wakanda. Yeah. and yeah, just as a show of force, and and yeah, I think that that for me, that's the way I'm more leaning to how like um, how Namor will be introduced. Like he he's been traditionally called like an antihero for the MCU, and that he's right. uh, he he has heroic intentions, but his methods are are um, he, are, are much more uh, violent. So they mm-hmm. could definitely be con- construed as being less heroic than like, you know, uh, you know, other, other Avengers or, or um, like a, perhaps like the Wakandans or whatnot. So I think it's, uh, yeah, I think for, uh, for Namor, he, we're going to, I think initially we're just going to see him as more like a straight villain, but his intention is always to protect his, his own uh, home country of uh, Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, you bring up a good point about in Eternals that scene where they were, uh, where they were, tr- where the Earth was giving birth basically to a celestial, and that would have been a massive enough earthquake to to open up Atlantis or whatever. So, yeah, very good point there. I never thought about that. But um, spe- speaking of sub teams, you know, we we did, you touched up on the Dark Avengers. Um, I mentioned the Thunderbolts possibly being the primary villains here in the Wakanda Forever uh, movie. Um, I, I wanted to discuss, we, we, we've talked offline about this, but I wanted to discuss a couple of other sub teams that could possibly introduce maybe this year or next year as well. Like the young Avengers, right? We, right. we got, um, we got introduced to Elijah Bradley, who's um, Isaiah Bradley's, uh, what is it? Grandson. 
Oh uh, yeah, grandson. It's grandson, yeah. So grandson, and he's known as the Patriot, right? We have Kamala Khan, who's coming out um, as Miss Marvel. I think it's summer of this year, and yes. then we have we we got introduced to Kate Bishop uh, last month, and then um, and now this the, to me this was the most surprising thing. Well, when I was uh, when I was googling stuff, um, apparently Florence Pugh, who portrays Yelena Belova is the same age as Haley Steinfeld who portrays Kate Bishop. That blows my mind because for some reason, just the maturity level seems like at least five or seven years, but for them to actually be the same age, that kind of, that, that, that kind of weirds me out. Anyway, um, uh, we, well, uh, you were going to say something. Well, in pure age. Uh, yeah, I think they're the same. Uh, but I believe like, uh, Elena would, would have been born like five years earlier, but she got blipped. So that is true. Yeah, yeah so because right. you know that was that was a big thing. She <laughs> she uh, went to go use the bathroom, and then, boom, she's gone. And then five years later, it's like, oh, okay, I'm same bathroom, but the walls change. Okay, yeah, yep. <laughs> and yeah. So I think like you're right. I think like age wise, or in terms of like um, biological age, like they're probably similar, but mm-hmm. by um by birth years like yeah i think elaine is like five years uh like older but she got blipped whereas mm-hmm. uh kate did not obviously and then she she actually managed like to, to grow uh um, right you know to, to grow up the and and speaking of the blip i mean far from home kind of showed a comedic way of how people got blipped back and then wandavision episode four showed how chaotic the blip uh, the the chaos that the blip caused when everybody just reappeared in the hospital um, alongside uh, Mo- Monica Rambeau and then uh, from Monica Rambeau's uh, point of view, then we see Yelena's point of view where it was literally like five seconds that she was in the bathroom and everything changed mm-hmm. and just the utter confusion that you would, you would be feeling um, for, for that to happen is just, is just insane. But I really love how Marvel had different points of view of how the blip happened. And uh, honestly, I think they did it wonderfully. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. yeah ma- sure. Imagine like me telling you like, Hey, uh, like I go use the bathroom. I'll be right back. And then <laughs> by right back, I mean, you know, five years later, it's, it's like, Oh, you're back. It's like, did you at least wipe the toilet when, while you were gone? <laughs> For sure. I, yeah, yeah, that's 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 just weird to me. Um, another sub team I wanted to discuss here, besides the Young Avengers, was also the Captain yeah. America Corps. Oh, oh sorry, well, well, actually, I think uh, for the Young Avengers, uh, they did yeah. set up also. Remember in Wandavision, where um, Speed and Wiccan, like a uh, Wanda's uh, like a kids, mm, I think will also true. be part of the uh, of the Young Avengers. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised also if uh, Ruby Williams Ironheart is is mm. probably going to be part of that team as well. And possibly also, um, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp, their third movie, oh, yeah. Quantumania. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently Stature. Peanut. Yeah. yeah. She's, she, she, she's probably going to be part of the Young Avengers as well. So very exciting. You know, a, a lot of uh, new faces that are, that are taking over the mantle basically of these uh, OG Avengers. So uh, that would be nice to see. Um, yeah. And in regards to Captain America Corps, we, we discussed this uh, during the Falcon and Winter Soldier series where we had um, Eli Bradley, again, who is um, Isaiah Bradley's got uh, grandson, and he's going to be Patriot. So he could be both a young Avenger and part of the Captain America Corps. Uh, Sam Wilson, of course, is Captain America. 
uh, Bucky Barnes in the comics takes up the mantle of Captain America later on. So maybe after his stint with the Thunderbolts, he becomes a version of Captain America. And then um, in Multiverse of Madness during the preview, we saw America Chavez, right? Who mm-hmm. you said she has like some sort of teleporting ability or something, right? Yes. That's interesting. Okay. Can't wait to see that. And then uh, you said that um, I, I'm thinking that maybe even Joaquin from Falcon and Winter Soldier, who takes up the mantle as Falcon, um, I think he could be part of the Captain America Corps as well because you know, oh, he's part of the military yeah, and definitely. whatnot. So, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I'm missing a couple of other people here, but uh, that's that's just off the top of my head. And people that we've pretty much been introduced to already. Um, I, I don't think we've been introduced to any other super patriotic people. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to count um, John Walker. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, well, I, at the very least, that will form the gist, the uh, the main core of like uh, the Captain America core, or all the names <laughs> you mentioned, you know, with, uh, with uh, like Sam Wilson as Captain America, Bucky, uh, right. like a Patriot, uh, America Chavez. So, right. and yeah, like uh, Joaquin as like uh, as the Falcon, uh, yeah, I think that, that's actually actually a pretty good team. Like, uh, like uh, just to at least start off with. Mm-hmm. I, I I totally agree too. All right, and so next up on the list here is is Loki. I enjoyed Loki, um, but unfortunately, I don't really have anything else to add. I I did rewatch it about a month ago, but there was nothing that really stood out to me. Not like with Falcon and Winter Soldier, like hmm, he could be oh you know Bucky could be part of the Thunderbolts. Well, Loki, I think everything was discussed in our previous podcast, unless you um, heard of something or or read something about this. Uh, no, I mean, pretty much, uh, yeah, Loki's main job is like to set up mm-hmm. like, like the concept of the variants that mm-hmm. you could have like a female version of Loki. You could have an alligator version of Loki. So that I think was key because later on when we'll discuss uh, like a No Way Home, we, we did mm-hmm. see three versions of or three variants of Spider-Man, not right. Which, um, which I think could be a little bit different than like, say the what if series, which again is canon to the MCU. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then we see like where it's um, where we see uh, like the, this uh, like strange Supreme, like, uh, which is kind of like the evil version of uh, Dr. Strange. It's the same character. Like so, it would be portrayed by uh, by a Benedict Cumberbatch, like. Uh, but you know, of course, like different decisions cause like different things, and then it's so it's kind of like the same character. Only what had happened if you know one choice led one way versus the other choice, versus right. again what we saw in Spider Man, like No Way Home. We do see three completely different variants. That's why Doctor uh, Octopus, <laughs> when asked, "Is this <laughs> is this your Peter Parker?" and he goes, "No, it's not." It's like because mm-hmm. he's expecting to see, you know, Tommy McGuire. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So it's like the, uh, I think that was like the main job for Loki is like, you know, the it's at least opening up the possibility or at least opening up for fans of the MCU that, uh, hey, there's variants. Be on the lookout for variants. Like, uh, right. And I think it also opens the window to um, actors who got replaced. Like you got Terrence Howard from Iron Man 1. And then it became um, the brilliant Don Cheadle. Right. Yeah. Uh, moving forward. Then you got um, Edward Norton from the Incredible Hulk movie. And only General Ross was brought, brought was brought on to the MCU. So uh, it's possible Edward Norton 
uh, would be part of the MCU as well, um, officially in, in some capacity. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it looks like the main part is that, uh, hey, definitely want to look out for the variants. And uh, yeah, well, and of course, like one of its big things is to introduce, like, I think one of the big uh, villains that we'll see like a uh, next in the MCU, which of course is Kang the Conqueror. And yes. So yeah. like uh, Jonathan Majors, like uh, will be, was cast in that role. And even though he, he was playing a variant of himself, like, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're going to be seeing like a uh, Kang the Conqueror, uh, which if I'm not mistaken, I think he will be the main villain or at least it will make an appearance in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. So like, uh, that's what I heard too. Yeah. yeah so I think, um, but it was kind of nice that he was introduced in Loki. So we at least got a, you know, quick preview of, of uh, what he'll be all about. For sure. For sure. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on, we're going to go ahead and now and talk about the black widow movie. We never really had a podcast about this. We kind of touched up a little bit, um, about it, um, during one of the podcasts, I think it was Falcon and winter soldier and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, um, what were your, what were your thoughts on the black widow movie? Did you like it? Yeah, I did like it. Uh, I think it would have had more impact though, if the movie had been released, uh, more of it in its chronological order, which should have been, you know, immediately after the events of, uh, Captain America civil war. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it made more sense like to make it right then and there. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, that was here or there. There was, I'm sure, politics that occurred that uh, that caused like that film to be delayed. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, it was a great introduction to, um, you know, a little bit of the background of uh, Natasha. But mm-hmm. definitely I love that they introduced uh, Elena because mm-hmm. like right from there, it's like, man, th- she's going to be a star in the MCU. And yeah. um, I we saw a little bit of that in uh, Black Widow, but then mm-hmm. uh, we definitely saw a lot of that later on in the Hawkeye series. Yeah, she was. I mean, she was phenomenal in in hot in the parts that she had in Hawkeye, and I, I totally agree. Florence Pugh, she's a wonderful actress, but her introduction into the MCU as the new Widow in the MCU is is wonderful. And I felt like it was uh, that the Black Widow movie was more about introducing Florence uh, more than Nat's story. Um, because me personally, I thought we were going to get uh, more relevance about the whole Budapest references, you know, and and we'd get an explanation. I, I wanted to see the explanation as to why Nat, Natasha and Clint were just so inseparably close. Like, I couldn't understand why, like in, in, in Avengers, she was being interrogated and she dropped everything because she heard that Barton was compromised. And then... Um, and then same thing happened like in, in Endgame later on. Um, you, you know that scene in Endgame, right? When Clint was the Ronin and he was on a killing spree in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And then Nat was in the rain just waiting for him to finish doing his killing. But she didn't even try to stop him. It's like, okay, finish, <laughs> finish slicing up this guy. And then they, they exchange some words here, right, in the scene. And honestly, I would have loved to have seen them say these words to each other in the Black Widow movie as kind of a throwback of some sort, you know? Like, if if a scene of where Clint was was trying to convince Natasha that he can give her a fresh start with S.H.I.E.L.D., that, you know, they can, they'll do their best to wipe her slate clean as a, as a widow. She, uh, when she's with S.H.I.E.L.D., as long as she works with them, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll make her clean and whatnot. They'll portray her as a hero. And Nat can tell him something like, don't. Don't do that. Don't give me hope. 
kind of the same way of how Nat said, you know, we can bring back the family, your family, right? right. And Clint said that, don't, don't do that. Don't give me hope. And then, and then Clint could have replied after Nat says, don't give me hope. Clint could have replied saying, I'm sorry, I couldn't give it to you sooner. And if we, if we just added a couple of more scenes in the Black Widow movie where, you know, where Nat blew up an orphanage or she killed a family, um, which would put so much more weight to them speaking to each other in Endgame, you know, because it's, it was flipped. And on top of that, there was, there were also some, some words exchanged between Nat and Clint um, when they were on Vormir, right? Um, the, Clint tells Nat, oh, don't you get all decent on me now, right? They, they could have done the same thing where Nat does that, uh, says that to Clint. And, and then Nat could have also said, you know what I've done, you know, like blown up the orphanage, you know what I've become, you know, aka all the red in her ledger. And Clint could have replied, I don't judge people on their worst mistakes. And just just the whole quote flip thing, because, you know, we, we saw a lot of that in the end game where where they were where they were doing a lot of throwbacks and stuff. I I, I don't know. I just I just felt like uh, it was lacking. We see the arrow holes in her apartment and we see the tic-tac-toe in the vent. And that was about it. And I, I, I guess Marvel just doesn't want to include Jeremy Renner. <laughs> uh, they, they, they don't want him. They don't want to include him in, in any MCU movies as possible because he was supposed to have a cameo in Winter Soldier. You know, he was supposed to be leading the shield, uh, the shield or the strike agents away from Nat and Steve while they were on the run. And he also could have had a brief cameo in Black Widow, but that didn't happen neither. So that was just my opinion of it. But otherwise, I really love the Black Widow movie. It was it was great. I thought the funny. I thought I thought the scenes were funny. I thought the big Russian dude. What, what's the name? Red Guardian. I thought yeah. he was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and just um, Yelena was just every scene she was in. She just completely owned. And I freaking yeah, she was amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, uh, she was like the highlight. Like, uh, you could say that she even stole the movie away from uh, Scarlet. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's why it was like Black Widow, because, you know, they're both widows, but it doesn't say, you know, the Natasha story. So, yeah. And um, and uh, kind of piggybacking on what, what you mentioned earlier, how they should have released the Black Widow movie immediately after Civil War. But, you know, there might have been some internal production politics going on at Marvel or whatever. There are two years between the events of Civil War and the invasion of the Black Order on Earth in Infinity War. Mm -hmm. It is possible. I mean, Marvel, if they wanted to, we can have stories wherein we see bearded Steve Rogers as a nomad and uh, we can see Yelena and Nat doing missions together. And what led Yelena to um, the arms of Contessa Valentina de Fontaine or whatever, Allegra de Fontaine to, to Elaine. So um, there's there's a lot that they can use, but I doubt honestly with the whole Scarlett Johansson suing for for suing Disney or whatever because uh, they they screwed her on her contract. I don't think that's going to happen. But well, well, I think they they made amends on that one. So uh, it is the distinct possibility that that uh, Scarlett could actually come back. Like, um, and I think they they had mentioned it because like they redid her deal. Which would seem to indicate that it's this then that the Black Widow movie wasn't like a, wasn't like the final film for for uh, Scarlet. 
and hmm. yeah, perhaps like a, well, again, see, this is where like a, when we talk about the what if or how, how we've spoken about like Loki, it's like uh, there could definitely be different variations uh, or variants that, uh, that uh, Scarlet could portray as Natasha. So even though like the, the main MCU Natasha is, uh, is dead as a result of, uh, you know, getting like the soul stone that uh, perhaps like the um, Natasha Black Widow could also appear later on. Like, um, because uh, again, like they definitely shown that uh, there's variants and then there's like the what if and um, that, yeah, maybe there's a scenario where, well, when we talk about what if there is an episode that clearly demonstrates that, that a, um, like a uh, uh, Natasha from a different world like, mm-hmm. uh, was put into like a brand new one. And we don't mm-hmm. know what that, what that new one is. So, right. Yeah. Maybe there, there's possibilities for that one as well. Nice. And nice segue because uh, my next topic here was going to be about what if, and, um, and yeah, uh, you're talking about when uh, Natasha wasteland, Natasha was brought onto the helicarrier, with Fury and his new Avengers, right? With Captain Marvel and Cap. You're talking about yeah, that one, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I really enjoy the ending of that one and how they were all brought together. But yeah, honestly, what if is, you know, this is the first time we have a Marvel animated series that is actually canon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that I know uh, were just don't, didn't watch it at all. They're like, ah, hey, you know, it's going to be a waste of time. It's not real. But they're missing out because uh, you and I have discussed this. Um, we, a lot of these, char- a bunch of, a handful of these, I'm not going to say a lot, a, a handful of these characters are going to be making an appearance in Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse of Madness. Yep. That is coming out in May and that's around the corner. That's like in two, three months. And this is kind of, this is kind of in the same level of, of people who watched No Way Home and they had no idea who that blind lawyer was. Yet, you know, Marvel fans like you, you saw how I reacted when I saw the freaking walking stick. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was freaking out and, and my daughter was absolutely freaking out as well. But people who don't pay attention to Marvel had no idea how how heavy that was. And I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. They're going to be introducing these characters from what if, but now live action versions mm-hmm. of these what if characters in Multiverse of Madness. And they'll be all confused. And then all of a sudden they're going to start, you know, watching, oh, that's who that was. But it's it's not the same feeling from, you know, oh, that's who that is, you know, trying to rewatch and catch up as compared to, you know, experiencing it for the first time and and knowing the the significance and the whole impact of it. Yeah, that, that'd be true. But I, I think uh, Marvel will have a, um, like a, a uh, built in, um, not built in, uh, the they'll have a way of, of bringing it all together in the fact that I'm pretty sure they're going to have each one of those variants catch a brick. And then everyone's <laughs> just going to be like, okay, you know what? Makes sense. Uh, it just makes perfect sense. We'll, we'll let it go. <laughs> now, a lot of these, uh, what if episodes, I think we were given like eight, seven or nine, something like that. A lot of these episodes to me were, they were cute and they were entertaining. Um, and, Honestly, I was actually more entertained than I thought I would be. You know, I really enjoyed the zombies episode. That was actually uh, my, but my favorite was the Doctor Strange episode. Really loved that. Yeah. And um, and the Superior Ultron Vision episode was just 
to me, it was terrifying. Yeah. Having, you know, Ultron succeed and ha- and just being able to to chase what's his face, um, the Watcher and everything. Yeah, all, that the, was, all that was, through all the uh, the multiverse. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, just shattering the multiverses and everything. That was that was insane to me. Um, I have a feeling we will see Haley Atwell um, yeah. reprise her role as Captain Carter. Carter. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. In Multiverse of Madness. I would love that. Yeah. You've, of course, she's going to have to wear a bodysuit, right? She's not. I, I doubt she would get that buffed that quickly. Um, and who knows? We might see Scarlett Johansson as Wasteland, uh, Wasteland Natasha. Yeah. Because that was actually... I, I really like that episode as well. You know, the post-apocalyptic scene um, was was really good as well. And, and the fact that what if had a lot of the original actors voicing their characters was amazing to me. And the ones who did replace um, the original actors did a really good job, oh, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, the, you know, the, the uh, voice actor that did uh, Tony Stark, I thought was spot mm-hmm. on. <laughs> yeah, uh, the one who did uh, Black Widow, I thought was spot on as well, uh, Lake Bell. Yeah. And uh, I, I've seen Lake Bell from you know previous movies and, and shows, and I didn't really... Re- I, she's she was great she did a great job there but who knows maybe we'll see lake bell uh become <laughs> the real life <laughs> black widow in in multiverse of madness so so we'll see but uh kind of kind of writing on this though uh disney did announce that some of their upcoming projects include marvel zombies you know and I, when i was watching that that episode i mean zombie wanda was absolutely terrifying you know how i have a huge crush on wanda and on um on lizzie but zombie Wanda was freaking absolutely terrifying. And but it makes me wonder, though, what what would that what would those episodes be about? Let's say it's going to be a six episode series for Marvel zombies. What do you think it's going to be about, though? Oh, well, I'm pretty sure it'll be some kind of version of uh, The Walking Dead. Only the zombies will actually have superpowers. <laughs> yeah. So the simple like, oh, let's just shoot them in the head type of thing uh, probably won't work if you know, one of them has a vibranium shield or uh, one of them is like bulletproof. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. yeah, that, that kind of makes things like a little bit more difficult for uh, whoever, uh, whichever survivors. But I think it, it brings up a good point on, yeah. Who, who are the heroes that are going to be best equipped to survive in a zombie apocalypse? Right. And, stuff, right. and, and kind of writing on what you just said right now. I mean, we kind of saw that we saw zombie Tony Stark, in his Iron Man suit, you know, still doing his repulsor rays. And we saw Doctor Strange and Wong still, you know, doing their portals and their magic as well as zombies. And to me, that was absolutely terrifying. But at the very end of this episode, we saw zombie Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. And like reality, what is reality to a zombie, though? You know, so that's kind of a big question. Um, I also don't think that Bucky died. I mean, I know... Uh, what did the young one say right now? I know he got yeeted across across the the compound, but I don't think he died. So I yeah. totally expect uh, to see a surprise appearance from him in the zombie series when it continues in Wakanda versus Zombie Thanos. And um, yeah. but um, honestly, uh, my recommendation for my twelve listeners out there listening to this podcast is to watch the Doctor Strange What If episode before the Multiverse of Madness movie is released in May. That's that's my huge recommendation right there. Yeah. Um, so that anything else you'd like? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. Because So that way you'll know exactly when when that version of Doctor Strange shows up, you'll, you'll know who that is without him exactly. catching a brick. 
<laughs> well, what's his name? Sinister Strange? What is what is he? Strange Supreme? What what's, yeah, what's his name? Strange Supreme? Okay. Cuz I I didn't get the vibe that he was a bad guy. He made a he he was obsessed with trying to bring back uh you know Rachel McAdams character, but I don't think he was a bad guy. He felt remorseful about what he did. He didn't mean to destroy the universe, his universe. And so people saying that he's the bad guy and, you know, kind of in the preview, it's implied that he was a bad guy, you know, like, hello or whatever he said. Um, but I don't know. We'll or see. Or he could just be really weird. So it's... <laughs> maybe instead well, of catching the brick, he got hit in the head with one. And then that's why he's like, it's about to get weird. <laughs> I, all I know is that him and Wanda are gonna are gonna have a magical fight of some sort. That's that's for sure. Um, cool. A- anything else you want to talk about in regards to what if before I move on to Shang Chi? Uh, no, like uh, right. yeah, let's talk about uh, Shang Chi. Shang Chi or Sean? I Sean. <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie more than I thought I a, a lot of things right now I don't really come with high expectations when I arrive at a theater or watch a show um, I'm kind of like Beth right now Beth we miss you uh, I, I'm kind of like Beth right now wherein I don't like watching previews or YouTube videos because I want to arrive in the theater surprised and like oh man that was, that was awesome instead of anticipating a moment that's that's going to be happening um, before I go on with my whole thing about Shang-Chi, um, how, did you enjoy it? Oh yeah, definitely. I, uh, I went to go watch that movie probably three, maybe four times. Yeah. I was with you with two for two of those times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, granted, you know, we were doing like, you know, uh, free movie Monday, I think. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> for at least one of them, it was free movie Monday. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? This movie was a lot of fun. Um, I really liked, I honestly really liked the absence of romance between Sean and Katie. I'm glad that that wasn't forced. Like they had a kiss at the end. Nothing. It was, you know, they were, they were friends. They were best friends. Um, I also liked, uh, I wasn't even aware, but I liked the cameo by a black widow named Helen uh, during the Macau fighting ring. And of course, you know, Trevor, Trevor and Morris. <laughs> oh, yeah, Morris. Oh, Trevor. Yeah, I said Morris. Morris is so cute. And apparently Target was selling Morris plush dolls for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if they still have them, but um, you know, if, if I pass by Target, I'm going to Target tomorrow. Um, I'll, I'll probably get one if I see one. But um, nice. yeah, so th- those were my favorites about that. Um, well, what, what did you like about Shang-Chi? Oh yeah, no, I I loved it. I thought it was one of the better, um, like a uh, origin stories, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, in in the MCU. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're, I'm with you. Like, I, I didn't think it was necessary for them to, uh, you know, like for like say him and Katie to, you know, end up in a romantic relationship. Although right. I will admit, what says love more than going out and doing karaoke? <laughs> like, you know like in the middle of the night like with your best friend i think that's love you know it, that's that, that's that, love, that, that's yeah. pure love at the very least you're singing about love <laughs> <laughs> for sure and you know this I, I mean this movie you know it had it had wonderful graphics it had wonderful representation we had these you know magical mystical rings that granted immeasurable powers and immortality we had flying dragons we had a homicidal living forest but to be honest with you mac the only thing unbelievable about this movie to me 
was the fact that California Street in San Francisco had no traffic <laughs> during the bus fight. Because, you know, you and me, we, we know about the traffic in San oh, Francisco. Yeah. No way is that going to be, would a bus be able to go 50 miles an hour uh, that way? But um, yeah, but other than that, it was it was really great. And uh, and like you said, you know, karaoke, I would, Agent Jimmy Wu, you know, he's an FBI agent who's based in the Bay Area, you know, and then we can bring in Yelena, who loves singing Bye Bye Miss American Pie. Yep. And then we got Scott Lang, who was doing karaoke by himself when he was, you know, in seclusion, uh, when he was under house arrest in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And he's also in San Francisco. And we already know that Sorcerer Supreme Wong uh, already joined Sean and Katie. So I would love to have all these, all of them who I just mentioned, doing karaoke at the Avengers facility. And I think that would be just a, a fantastic like post credit scene, you know, for, oh, yeah. for, for the next Avengers movie. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or, or um, maybe like a, they'll all appear on the episode of the voice maybe, or um, <laughs> like a, yeah, I think it'd be great. Just <laughs> it's like, um, like go ahead and sing, but also what's your other superpower, you know? And then people are like, Hey, that's cheating. <laughs> nice all right and now next up on the list uh that we're going to discuss is eternals now a lot of people did not like eternals at all and yeah i, I mean i'm sure it was, it was kind of like marvel's version uh, like we we talked about this uh, after we watched it it was kind of marvel's version of dc's uh justice league you know we had their own they had their own superman icarus you know they had their own batman with fastos mm -hmm. Wonder Woman with Thena and Makari as the Flash. But you know what? I enjoyed it. The, the visuals were great. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I thought the flow and the length was, was just fine. Um, and and it could actually then even really have to tie in to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I thought it could have been just a movie all on its own. But it's really interesting how it is tied into the MCU. And uh, we, we talked about this offline, Mac, how... Uh, they have 7,000 years of possible content to make stories and episodes out of. Each character could have their own like six or 12 episode Disney Plus series. Oh, yeah. With all the stuff that they've done, you know, with Sprite and her storytelling and conjuring up the story about Athena and Icarus and all that. But um, yeah, it's just it's just a lot of things that could a lot of possibilities. Um, what were what your thoughts on, on the Eternals? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I think the... Uh... Uh, it, I, I thought it was visually epic uh, that uh, uh, I believe it was a beautiful film like uh, to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But you're right. It, it's kind of like trying to turn like a, all these like different characters because uh, we do start off with um, it was uh, 10 of them, right? No. I think there was only I think there was eight of eight them. Eight of them. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. there was like eight yeah. of them. And then, yeah. oh, I think initially they wanted to start off with with ten, but they cut mm -hmm. it down because again, that's a lot of characters like to try and fit into uh, into one movie, and right. that's the part where, yeah, it's like we we do have like a central cast, like one of which was like of course like uh, Icarus, uh, and mm -hmm. then uh, later on like Cersei with uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Gemma Chan's character. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, they're they're kind of like the main characters are following along, but uh, it. It did suffer a little bit, in my opinion, that uh, you know to to introduce like all these new characters like all at once, um, especially when they're spread out over so many thousands of years. I think, yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. It, it, this could easily have been like a uh, like a Disney Plus series, especially for each each character, because 
I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they they've all gone through like their own adventures. You know, Sprite mm-hmm. had her own uh, adventures going on. Uh, you know, like a like a like a, we had Ajax. Uh, personally, me, I, the one like a uh, uh, actual couple I really wanted to follow was Athena and Gilgamesh. You know, kind of the mm-hmm. the whole deal. It's like the Athena is such a great warrior, but all mm-hmm. of a sudden, when you watch like the movie, she started suffering from, and that's like their version of a uh, PTSD. And then mm-hmm. Gilgamesh volunteered to, you know, take care of her. And right. uh, I thought it would have been a great, like, uh, at least miniseries, like, to see, you know, like, hey, how, you know, what, what, you know, how did, how did Gilgamesh, like, take care of Athena, you know, throughout all these years? Because she, it, it, when, if she snaps, it's like, she is a, uh, she's a danger to, like, everyone, right? Yeah, and, for sure. Yep. Except for Gilgamesh. And then, like, you know, how did he go about trying to, uh, to, you know, to, to uh, you know, take care of her. We we only get mm-hmm. a little bit of that once, like they were all together and they're all having like you know their their uh, dinner or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then how, how um, what was it like? Um, he he tried to have a druid um, make uh, Fina forget so he could go on vacation to Fiji or something. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, I. A lot of people, yeah, exactly what you mentioned. A lot of people didn't really enjoy this because some of them, I guess, felt rushed. They didn't feel connected to any of the characters. And to me, it's kind of like how people didn't feel connected to like uh, Wanda and her toaster, right? It's like, why? What, what is this? What? What? What are these side characters in Age of Ultron? Why? Why are they wasting our time in an Infinity War? And what? What is this all about? And then Marvel decides to make it a, a nine episode series, and it was so wonderful that upon watching WandaVision and then rewatching Age of Ultron, Civil War, and yeah. seeing the development, man, it hits so much harder. And then same thing with with Clint, you know, Clint and Hawkeye. He had his own series. He's the least liked of the OG six Avengers, right? Nobody cared about him. And we saw how much he didn't think much of himself. He didn't want the flashy costume. He didn't want, he wanted to blend in. He wanted to just be a ghost. He wasn't, he didn't think of himself as a role model to anybody, but this perfectly exemplifies that, that saying where keep doing your best because you don't know who is watching. And during the fight in the 2012 Avengers fight in New York, he didn't know that Haley was watching him and well, he became such an inspiration. Yeah, he didn't know that he actually saved, uh, like uh, Kate. Kate, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was great. I I forgot who had made that video, but they did time it. The <laughs> the no look mm-hmm. shot that he does is the one that actually saves uh, Kate Bishop. Right, and, right, and she was just like enamored, and everything was going in slow motion, and she idolized him growing up, like. Mm-hmm. He was the best Avenger out of everybody, out of gods and out of geniuses. It was this guy with a bow and arrow that she decided was the best Avenger. And I don't think Clint ever saw himself as a role model or anything. Uh, he's really great at it. I mean, he talked Nat out of uh, becoming a part of the Widow program. He talked. He was able to convince Wanda, who was just a really, really angry teenager, to be part of the Avengers. And then, um, and then he helps tutor Haw, and I know we're skipping a little bit ahead here. And he helps tutor uh, Kate to um, to basically become an Avenger as well. So, he, yeah, he just you know, uh, b- back to what I'm saying here is that 
Disney Plus has a lot of potential to flesh out these characters. Mm -hmm. And they have, what, eight that they can work with, from Ajax to Icarus to Fastos and and everybody, and Gilgamesh and everybody. So we'll see. Well, we'll see if we can at least get like a six-episode miniseries on each of them. And again, we have 7,000 years of possibilities to work with yeah, on that. Exactly. Um, did you hear about that, um, that theory wherein this – Eternals actually has tie-ins with Shang-Chi. Well, there, there was this theory that I read where Fastos was the original architect of the Ten Rings and the beacon that it was signaling uh, during the post credit scene of uh, Shang-Chi was to signal other eternal beings. Did you Have you heard about that? No, actually, I actually haven't heard about that one. That's a great, like, interesting theory. <laughs> yeah, because remember in the post credit of, of Shang-Chi, uh, there was a beacon coming out of the, the Ten Rings, but they had no idea who it was signaling. But at the same time, at the end of Eternals, you know... Um, Angelina Jolie's character, Thena, and and a couple of others, Makari and everything, and Druid, they were flying out, and then they bump into Harry Styles, you know? So it's like, I think the beacon was trying to signal them or trying to signal other Eternals or something. So I don't know. Well, yeah. there's, there's tie-ins here. We'll we'll see what happens. It's it's really exciting. Because um, you're talking about well, all that stuff before they went karaoke, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, before they went karaoke. I, I just the karaoke part. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, that's all I had to say about Eternals, unless you had something else you wanted to add. It. Uh, well, I, I do think it was actually a great little uh, shout out uh, to Game of Thrones when they had um, like, <laughs> uh, Kit Harrington's like uh, and and um, oh Richard Madden. Okay. Yeah. When when they had Kit Harrington and Richard Madden like. Uh, because like you know together because i think in the game of thrones series like they really only had one scene together before wow yeah really and then that was it it's like they 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 never saw each other again but it was always great that the um at the final line that that uh john snow i know we're, we're way off topic since we're talking about game of thrones <laughs> compared to the MCU, that uh, that uh game of thrones uh john snow his final words to his to his brother Rob Stark was like, "Next time you see me, I'll be in black." And then, now years later in the MCU, we do have Kit Harrington who will uh, reprise his role as the Black Knight. The Black Knight, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the scene that you're talking about in Game of Thrones is that where uh, King Baratheon uh, was visiting, and they were all lined up yes. with Ned. Uh, That's the scene, right? Yeah. Oh no, I think it was the scene right before um, Jon Snow was about to ride off to to join the um, the Night's Watch. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that, that's why you said that the next time he'll he'll, he'll see him, he'll be in black. It's because he'll be, he'll be the black of, uh, of the Night's Watch. <laughs> and he's the Black Knight. And now, but since that scene never happened, now we have to take the MCU one, which is like, oh yeah, I'm the Black Knight. <laughs> that's so random, though, how, how Blade had his voice in there. I'm like, wait, what? Why is Blade in the Eternals movie? That was so weird to me. That's why I was like, who who was that? I had no idea who that voice was because... No way would I have guessed that it would have been Blade who who had that voiceover thing. But oh yeah. yeah, that was weird to me. Yeah, no, that that one I had to look up too. And uh, yeah, I was a little bit surprised that it was uh, Maharshala Ali. <laughs> yeah, but of course, wonderful it, actor. Yeah, yeah, wonderful actor, and he'll he'll be the next Blade. So yep. it's like I think the uh, the Black Knight and Blade will will have a uh, uh, will have some kind of relationship in in the Blade movie. Maybe Blade will teach uh, Black Knight how to wield a sword. Uh, that I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and anything else you wanted to add about Eternals before we move on to Hawkeye? It, uh, uh, no, only that, uh, <laughs> I, I will admit my favorite part of the whole movie had to have been like, um, when, when Fastos was like, uh, at the very end, like Cersei, Cersei. And then Athena was like, I already gave that speech. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to mention the, the the dinner scene where Gilgamesh was turned into Gilgamesh. Oh yeah, no, that, was that is one. your favorite scene. Like, uh, <laughs> but see, like you know, Gilgamesh can't be the only funny one in the relationship. Obviously, Thena has a sense of humor too. <laughs> of course, of course. All right, so moving on to to Hawkeye, we did touch up a little bit about Hawkeye, and you know how how Kate Bishop idolized um idolized Clint, and Clint ne- never thought of himself as a role model, and he. He questioned himself too a bunch of times, right? He's like, "What am I doing here?" Like in Age of Ultron, we see that he's confiding in Laura, and he's like, "What am I doing here?" You know, these guys have superpowers or super soldiers and everything, and I'm a guy with a bow and arrow. What am I doing? And and Linda Cardellini, Laura, she did such a great. Laura's her name, right? Yeah, Laura. Laura. She did a great job of of keeping him grounded and saying, you know, he's the, he's the one that ties them all together and everything. And um, honestly, I was not expecting to enjoy this series. But the fact that it was set during Christmas time and and it was it was very enjoyable. I mean, Haley Steinfeld was absolutely perfect oh, as yeah. Kate Bishop, like absolutely perfect. She she played the hell out of that role. Mm-hmm. And uh, and of course, you know, I freaked out when Florence Pugh made her appearance and, you know, almost stole the show, in my opinion. I mean, she's such a fantastic actress, but um, yeah, all of her scenes were just amazing. Her confusion when she got blipped, um, you know, when when she had that little, what was it, mac and cheese, spicy mac and cheese dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I definitely have to give her props because she was very polite. She was like, Kate, make sure you're done eating because I'm about to pour all this like, hot sauce all over this. <laughs> yeah, she was just, she was great. And even, even the fight scenes that she and Kate had, uh, she... I mean, she's a widow. She could she could have easily snapped this this twenty two year old's neck. But she's like, you know, just get out of my way. I have a mission to complete. Stop being such a little brat. But um, I, I just I just loved how 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 Yelena understood that Kate wasn't her mission. She was really so determined to kill Clint. You know, until right. she did the until Clint did the. I can't whistle, but you know that whole whistle thing. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. What I also really loved about about uh, Hawkeye was the fact that at the end of episode five, because it was a six episode series, at the end of episode five, it introduced Kingpin from the very yeah. ultra violent Netflix Daredevil series, right? And I was freaking out. And that same weekend, Spider Man No Way Home had a cameo by a very good lawyer from the same Netflix series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, there's a, even before I saw No Way Home, I'm like, you know, there's a reason why they introduced Kingpin, but you saw, based on my reaction, you saw I was still so super happy about seeing Matt Murdock in, in No Way Home and officially being part of the MCU. So I, I know it just, it just made me feel great. I mean, it, Hawkeye, Hawkeye, let, let's revert back to Hawkeye. Just, just the chemistry between Jeremy Renner and and Haley Steinfeld was was just fantastic, and of course, you know, uh, Lucky the Pizza Dog was was freaking adorable. Um, but I did have a question here. Uh, you you had an explanation about the Rolex. Can you can you go over that for me? Well, the Rolex had a uh, nineteen on the back, which would indicate mm-hmm. that uh, the owner of it 
was Agent 19, who in the comics, that was uh, Bobby Morris mm. of, uh, of S.H.I.E.L.D. And like uh, in the comics, like she's the one that actually had married uh, Clint Barton. But in mm. this one, they're, they're kind of retconning a little bit by stating that uh, Laura if that's her real name, is, uh, is, is actually Agent 19. So in a way, it, it, it's, it's paying uh, homage back to the comics saying like, yeah, he, uh, Clint did eventually marry Agent 19. It wasn't Bobby Morris. It was Laura. So, hmm. yeah. Now, is why it... they had to do all that just to keep it secret? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm a little bit... That was the one thing that was like, okay, they, it seemed like the watch was going to be much more important. It was hiding something yeah. big. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, apparently it was just Laura's old shield watch. A Rolex, though. I mean, that's kind of pricey for an eight for an agent, unless well, unless there's, there's something else. Well, there's uh, if they're going by real world, uh, owning a Rolex gives you that ability to if you're in stuck in some third world country and you need like a a quick cash or whatnot. Um, uh, this is the power of Rolex. It's such a recognizable brand that if you show it to someone, say like, "Hey, I'll give you this Rolex if you can fly me out of here," a type of deal. It's um, yeah, it, it 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 actually has like that type of pull. Mm, so it's like tangible as cash value of some sort. Exactly, rather than carrying like diamonds mm. or like a, like say a, like a, a whole stack of cash um, that you could easily get robbed from. It's like you're you just wear your watch. Uh, now people may recognize immediately, and they may try to steal from you. But again, it's it's a bargaining chip that you can use, like a, in order to get yourself out of, like say, like a bad situation. It's like, hey, take my Rolex, get me out of here. Mm, okay, all right, cool. Um, what you call it? So, I I know there was already a Bobby Morris in Agent of Agents of Shield, right? Right. Yes. So I guess that I don't know because Agents of Shield kind of became. W- weird it didn't really follow them at first they were following the mcu i mean we had um we had samuel jackson um cameo in at least a couple of episodes as nick fury then we had maria hill um uh, portrayed by colby smolders who also had at least a couple of episodes we also had Mm -hmm. um what's her face jamie alexander who plays um god what's her name uh Uh, lady sif Lady Sif, and she she was on for a couple of episodes, and then all of a sudden they just veered off to their own universe, which was weird. So I don't know, maybe they went into their own multiverse. Who knows? But uh, um, yeah, I believe so because like if you saw, uh, really it for Agents of Shield, it was like episodes or sorry, uh, seasons one through four. Uh, you could uh, make a legitimate cause that that that's MCU proper, but mm-hmm. from there on, it kind of veered on uh, to its own like a uh, potential like timeline. Uh, so it it's yeah it could be like their own um, their own uh, variant uh, line that uh, you know that they had to fix and yeah I think it's it's uh, it was a canon up to a certain point but then they they kind of went off and did their own thing uh, but uh, again due to uh, Loki and uh, the multiverse uh, yeah I believe you know everything is canon now is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the whole the whole deal. It's like you could, uh, it, Kevin Feige and like the head staff at Marvel, they could kind of pick and choose which storylines and which uh, characters that they want to bring into the MCU. Which we've already seen a, a glimpse of it. We've seen mm-hmm. you know like that that uh, very good lawyer and the big <laughs> guy. You know they've they've made their appearance. 
and now uh-huh. it opens up like again like the whole possibility that like you know there there's more characters that were under the um non uh marvel studios um brand that they mm-hmm. they could make that their uh their own appearances as well and it, it, it's all canon it's it's very exciting you know just all the possibilities that they get and i feel like it was earned it's not like oh here's here's a cameo by some random by somebody from this universe and now he's here no i felt like because of like what you said loki with with doctor strange uh in no way home where he cracked open the universe and everything so everything's kind of, and what if everything's kind of intermingling and i think it's well earned that you know um we're, we're going to segue into Spider-Man No Way Home, how Tobey Maguire came in and Andrew Garfield as well. And um, how how'd you like No Way Home? Oh, yeah. No, I love that movie. I, I thought that was uh, it was great to be able to see like um, all the characters that were created in like other universes um, mm-hmm. be all brought together. And but it still was like a Tom Holland uh, Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Even, yes. Even with all these characters that they brought in, it's like, you know, he's still the main character. He's the one that, that, uh, that uh, suffered the most, you could say, uh, throughout the mm-hmm. whole movie. And mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of his own redemption arc at the, at the very end. So, yeah, yeah I know. I love the movie. I thought it was, it was great. Okay. It was a great way of bringing everyone together. Yeah. I mean, leading up to the release of the movie, I was telling you how about how worried I was because we had so many rumored characters that were going to be making appearances. And we kind of discussed, like, ah, maybe it's just going to be a cameo. Maybe they'll just be in, you know, a, a two minute scene and whatnot. But no, every every character from Doc Ock to Goblin to Garfield to to Toby, they all had significant impacts on this movie and it was really well done. I mean, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man two has been my favorite Spider-Man movie out of all these uh, Spider-Man movies. And then um, my second favorite was into the spider verse, mm-hmm. but after watching no way home, yeah, the, no way home has solidified itself as my favorite Spider-Man movie. It was really great. Yeah. Um, I, I also, I also really liked the, the reset, the, the fact that Dr. Strange erased everybody's memory about, um, Tom Holland uh, about Peter Parker being Spider-Man. Um, and now that he has no ties with, with Aunt May, he's basically starting from scratch and um, he now doesn't have um, access to Stark tech. So it kind of, I, I think this is also a ploy by Sony to be like, okay, you know, we're kind of veering away from, you know, from, from the MCU. We're not going to use Stark tech anymore. And um, to be just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, you know, he's done his avenging. He fought in space and now he's just there. Uh, he's just going to be in New York, um, possibly facing Kingpin as well, since Matt Murdock is in the neighborhood. And um, but for I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if some somehow uh, mem- some people's memories still got retained and they still remember him later on. But we'll see. I mean, you you mentioned that Tom Holland signed on for another Spider-Man trilogy. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Apparently, it will be nice. his uh, college years. So. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and I guess we won't be seeing Zendaya or Ned anymore because they're going to be going to MIT and um, and Peter Parker staying in New York. He's probably going to go to NYU or something like that. Um, but apparently, I'm sorry, you're going to add something. Oh, no, no. Like, uh... Oh, OK. Um, now, Ned, apparently in the comics, I didn't know this, but Ned Leeds uh, becomes Hobgoblin. 
So I'm not sure if Sony's going to pursue that angle. I would watch. I would much rather see Ned become a sorcerer and join the multiverse of madness with Stephen Strange and Wong. But uh, I don't know. Well, I, I guess we'll see uh, what what happens there. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think. Um, yeah, I'm hoping like he he doesn't turn into a villain. I mean, he did make a promise. So it's, <laughs> it, it, but that's really, when he still knew Peter. True, but still, it'd be kind of awkward. It's like. Hey, didn't you promise not to become a supervillain and you know, end up trying to kill you? Type of thing. It's uh, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was um, yeah one of the uh, sad things that uh, he had to that uh, like a Tom Holland Spider Man like had to give up his friendship with uh, with Ned uh, mm-hmm. in order to keep them all safe, uh, and you know, of course, I his uh, he gave up um, like MJ as well, like uh, yeah, MJ. Um, and you also mentioned that since Toby Spider-Man had a relationship with Mary Jane and then Andrew Garfield Spider-Man had a relationship with Gwen Stacy, you had a theory about who um, Tom Holland was going to have a relationship with in college. Oh, Didn't no. you mention Black Cat? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or Felicity Hardy? Felicia Hardy. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we, uh, if we see like a... Um, like the black cat in um, like, uh, in in the new trilogy or whatnot, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of um, what <laughs> what uh, how how they initially meet and you know what he could say because uh, right like um, you know what if she asks like hey don't, like do you have like an Instagram it's like <laughs> yeah but. <laughs> everyone forgets how to look it up so (laughs) (laughs) now in in the end credits um we we see tom hardy venom disappearing from tom holland's spider-verse that means he doesn't belong there and that means he belongs in another spider-verse now he doesn't belong in toby's spider-verse because that uh version uh, of brock of eddie brock died um, and it was portrayed by Topher Grace mm-hmm. in Spider-Man 3. Now, Mac, you had a theory about this. Uh, what was your theory about uh, Tom Hardy Venom? Well, that uh, Tom Hardy will have to eventually confront like a Spider-Man. Now, mm-hmm. because the only Spider-Man at the time was Tom Holland Spider-Man. But obviously, as you mentioned, like um, Tom Hardy uh, doesn't belong to that same, to that same universe. He... You know, he disappeared. We're assuming he went back to his, but mm-hmm. uh, perhaps like the uh, the role of the Spider Man in his universe will be portrayed by Andrew Garfield. I absolutely love that theory, and and to to kind of strengthen your your theory here, right? One of the scenes during the battle at the bron- at the Bronze Statue of Liberty, uh, we see Tom Holland saying, "Like, you know, we're we're getting confused here. I'm going to be Peter One." And then he points to Toby, you're going to be Peter too. And he points to Andrew Garfield as, and then Andrew goes, I'm Peter three. To me, that's like, I'm having my third Spider-Man movie, Peter three, you know, because he, yeah. So I, I kind of giving us a hint and I think that is, and uh, yeah. And I, I think that'd be great to have Tom Hardy with Andrew Garfield, you know, as an, an, as a more mature Spider-Man, he's probably what in his, Thir- late mid 30s or something mid maybe he's probably still going to be in his mid 30s right uh, not 40s yet no i think uh well actually let's double check 
let's see, if it was 2014 that he was in college, and now it's 2022, it's only been eight years. So he's probably going to be in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. Uh, yeah, if you're talking about like the, like the Peter Parker like uh, age, yeah, it's probably going to be like a like a late 20s, maybe early 30s. I think uh, okay. Andrew Garfield himself though is like his uh, 38 in real life. Yeah. So yeah, but but he portrays you know uh, that that age range of 20s uh, really well. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then during uh, Jared Leto's Morbius, uh, we see him make reference to I'm Venom. So I think he's part of that. We'll we'll call it the Andrew Garfield Spider Verse, um, and yeah, the, I guess they're they're you know Sony's Sony's cooking up something right now, oh, yeah, and it's definitely. it's interesting, very interesting uh, to to see where that goes. Well, I think and, they um, uh, they delayed the uh, Morbius movie, uh, mm-hmm. supposedly, so they could do some reshoots with uh, Andrew Ooh. Garfield's uh, Spider Man in there. Ooh, yeah, in terms of like wow. the hot juicy uh, like uh, rumors. So I think that would be interesting. Uh, now, I, wow. I doubt that it will be like a big major role um, because, I, you know, I think for reshoots, it's probably just more going to be like a cameo type of thing. But okay. again, it's leaving you open that possibility that like, you know, Andrew Garfield in all the movies that that star Spider-Man villains in the Spider-Verse that it's, um, you know, that he could portray like that Spider-Man and then kind of leave the uh, the combined Marvel uh, and and Sony uh, like uh, movies like say like mm-hmm. you know Homecoming, uh, Far From Home, No Way Home, and then the mm-hmm. next trilogy for uh, for Tom Holland, those would still be considered like MCU, but you know it'll be produced by um, by like a Sony. So Sony. yeah, mm-hmm. they'll they'll keep the profit. So it, I, hopefully they won't make it too confusing because I think they'll probably market it as like okay, this is uh, Spider Man, uh, you know Tom Holland. But then you'll have like you know the Venom, uh, uh, Venom Three and Morbius and like Craven the Hunter movies, like uh, you know starring villains. But those yeah. are those will be like their own like a little pocket universe with with hopefully Andrew Garfield as uh, the Spider Man for that particular uh, world. And yeah, I think that would be amazing. Yeah, like an yeah, amazing Spider Man, amazing Spider Man. <laughs> And uh, who knows? We might actually see um, Shailene Woodley. Yeah, yeah Shailene, Shailene Woodley. Woodley. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think um, I because originally in the plan for uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two at the very end was that they were going to introduce um, Shailene Woodley as MJ um, as a love interest. So who knows? Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Three might have might reprise. Uh, Shailene Woodley's role yeah, as MJ and so you know so so many possibilities right now and it's really exciting I, I love what Sony did with Spider-Man Away Home again I voiced my opinion I was really worried about all these actors and cameos but I think it was really well done and man Willem Dafoe oh, holy freaking yeah. cow he played the hell out of that villainous character that was the most despicable villain and he played it so freaking well too and and my favorite character um oh, <laughs> when i was talking to, to my daughter about this um uh, last weekend um i said guess who my favorite character was in no way home so she thought about it for a second and she looked at me and she goes doc ock i'm like how the heck did you know that she knew like instant we didn't even watch the movie together and she knew that doc ock was like my, my favorite character because yeah I, i'm i'm a huge fan of Somehow, I don't know why. I'm I'm a huge fan of redemption 
arcs or earned redemption arcs, right? Like the movie Megamind. I love that movie so freaking much. And then Doc Ock at the, I mentioned at the, um, just a few minutes ago that Spider-Man two was my favorite Spider-Man movie because he wasn't really evil. He wasn't pure evil. The, the tentacles just broke that uh, little chip on the back, the inhibitor chip Mm -hmm. on the back of his spine. But when, when it was restored and he got his, his mind settled, he, at the end, before he died, he sacrificed himself to, to destroy that whole power of the sun thing. And so I really loved how he maintained his good guy persona moving into no way home and everything. And um, I don't know. I, I hope we, we get to see more of him in, I doubt we're going to see an, another Toby Spider-Man though. So um, yeah, I doubt, I doubt that's going to happen. Well, my, my thing regarding that one is that uh, since they had mentioned uh, the exchange, well, in the movie, you see, you see the exchange of Andrew Garfield and Electro, right? Yeah. Where, you know, Electro was like, man, uh, you're from Queens, like your kid. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought you were going to be black. <laughs> you know, Andrew Garfield's like, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure there's some universe where there's a black Spider-Man. And obviously, mm-hmm. like, that's hinting at Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Right. Yeah. And now, I think the great thing would be, since we saw this in, in Into the Spider-Verse, but I think it would be great if... He, if um, Miles Morales could have a mentor, Peter Parker, to help him along in his abilities, like to you know become <gasps> like a Spider-Man. Oh. And I, I think the perfect role for that one because he demonstrated so well in the movie was Tobey Maguire. Tobey, yeah. yes. So maybe Whoa. not not in a role where he has to put on the suit, you know, trying to keep himself in shape and you know trying to do all the the crazy stuff that uh, Spider-Man would would do perhaps like he he's he's gotten older wiser but he can pass on like that that wisdom on to miles so i think it would be great to have like toby as that mentor peter parker to miles morales that is that is amazing now that's an well i can't really say amazing that's spectacular that's a spectacular (laughs) theory uh i i love it i love it the whole mentor thing but i mean yeah into the spider-verse when we had 40 plus year old um jake johnson uh, voice, uh, you know, hobo Spidey for Miles Morales. And that was, yeah, that's great. That's that's actually a really great theory. I'm excited about that. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, if, if they decide to go that route, uh, I would say that was the only thing that uh, that perhaps like for No Way Home, uh, and, and again, this wasn't their fault, Like, uh, but it would have been nice if perhaps like Into the Spider-Verse, which was the movie that actually opened up the possibility of having multiple Spider-Men, Mm-hmm. Or spider women, sorry, you know, including like a, a ghost spider, ghost spider, right? Which <laughs> I know we, uh, I've always referenced her as being like Spider Gwen, but apparently yeah. her real comic book name is Ghost Spider. Ghost Spider, mm-hmm. but but to have all all the spider people like all together, uh, that was all you know set up into into the Spider Verse. If uh, if somehow that movie had came out after No Way Home it would have given even more impact to the fact that we had like uh, Toby and Andrew show up in the same universe mm-hmm. as, uh, as Tom Holland. So. Right. right. And, and, and such a crime that a lot of people have not seen into the spider verse for the same reason why a lot of people haven't watched. What if it's because it's animated, I don't enjoy animation, but it's so good. And it's, it's mm-hmm. Canon. And I actually haven't even seen the preview for into the spider verse too. So I'll, I'll probably watch that uh, tomorrow or something, but, oh yeah, yeah. um, 
but but like I said, I don't like watching previews anymore. I'm like Beth right now. Hi, Beth. We miss you. I'm kind of be- <laughs> like Beth right now where I don't like watching previews. I just want to be surprised because same with No Way Home. I heard about the the preview. I, I avoided it as much as possible. And then I just uh, I just enjoyed the movie and I really enjoyed the movie. So that was that was really. Oh, great. yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of the best movies. And I think still going strong, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's still number one. Nice. All right. So um, let's see here. So we, we talked about No Way Home. We talked about, you know, fantastic cameos by by a very good lawyer and by, you know, the very large man who owns New York, basically. Um, and honestly, when when 2021 started with WandaVision, right, we Marvel really faked us out uh, <laughs> in WandaVision by giving us Fietro, a.k.a. Ralph Boner, you know, portrayed by Evan Peters who was Quicksilver in the Fox Marvel X-Men. And, you know, you remember our podcast. I was so freaking excited. I'm like, oh, my God, the X-Men, you know, they're they're official. They're, they've arrived, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, they, they gave us the middle finger by giving us a boner joke and not really having the X-Men introduced into Marvel. But at the end of this year, you know, Marvel more, in my opinion, they more than made up for it by introducing Netflix characters of Daredevil and um, the fantastic, I mean, you and I have talked about this offline. I, I'm just amazed at Vincent D'Onofrio's acting as the kingpin. And um, I look forward to seeing whoever else uh, from Netflix that they include, except Iron Fist, um, you know, from <laughs> Punisher and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. I want to see all of them except Iron Fist. So, um, yeah. And then we also had the inclusion of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield uh, their Spider-Man versions and, and kind of, kind of tying into what you mentioned earlier, how Tom Holland was still, you know, Tom Holland, but I really liked how Tobey Maguire was still pretty much his own character. And Andrew Garfield was also still his own excitable, you know, Spider-Man character from their respective movies. Like they didn't try to blend in with Tom Holland's. They were still their own, but it still worked. And I really loved that. I mean, it was it was just great. I mean, and, and on, in all honesty, Spider-Man No Way Home was was really well done. I, I really loved it. And and yeah, so um, those are my final thoughts about Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, any other final thoughts uh, that you wanted to add before we uh, talk about the upcoming slate in 2022? Uh, no, I, uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, it was such a redemption for like Andrew Garfield. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. like he stole the show while he was in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and uh, he actually got to save the girl. <laughs> which was, oh, my God. Uh, yes. It's definitely one of the uh, more emotional uh, like uh, moments in that whole movie. Because a, lo- sure. a lot of it was just some some words were, were like, are you OK? Yeah, I'm OK. Are you OK? It's like, yeah. But <laughs> the faces that were given by both actor and actress like uh, I, I do have to give props like Zendaya like who I, my understood she uh, she actually did uh, uh, like a not uh, oh no not choreograph what's it called uh, improvised she improvised like that line when after uh, Andrew Garfield said like are you okay it's like yeah I'm okay are you okay like that was that that was her improvising because she was really concerned wow. for um, Andrew Garfield because he he was he was really at an emotional peak at that point. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was like, that was a uh, great acting on both ends. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, 
I mean, we kind of talked about this offline. Imagine if, you know, Mark Wahlberg was a version of Spider-Man and he's like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> it would have had the same impact. <laughs> but <laughs> if I was a lion and you were tuna, I would swim out to the middle of the ocean and eat you. I'm a peacock. Let me fly, Captain. Yeah, let me fly. <laughs> oh my God! But um, <laughs> so, so, so um, Andrew, Gar have you seen the YouTube videos of the uh, cinema reactions to Andrew Garfield saving um, MJ? No, I actually haven't. Oh, bro, I I don't usually watch those things. The, the last time I did was Endgame for the for the reactions you know of of cap picking up mjolnir and and the portals opening and it just gives me chills but this one the cinema cinematic reactions of of andrew garfield saving mj man it was really emotional like i mean i was devastated when i watched amazing spider-man 2 and and emma stone you know snapped her neck and or, or cracked her back and died basically i'm like no she can't die what the hell is this i i felt so empty and then we never got a follow-up, you know, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 pretty much ended, you know, it didn't do too well in the box office and everything. But Andrew Garfield was actually my favorite Spider-Man. Um, he demonstrated his genius. He he was he was a little too cool for me. Yeah, but, that, that's the part which uh, that that I kind of held against him. He was kind of like that cool skater kid. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's like that's not how I, I can picture uh, like Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. like a, exactly yeah it's like, but, but, toby mcguire i thought like played it more a better like, yes uh, like uh, peter the parker. awkwardness mm -hmm. yes the awkward peter parker right but when when andrew wore the mask and he had those oh my weakness small knives his his quick wit and his delivery was just absolutely perfect as spider-man and yeah. so yeah so I, i'm glad you know we we have the mix of all three and everything but um, all right. So um, it is right now the end of January. It's January 29th as we're doing this podcast. And there are some Marvel shows and movies that are coming up in 2022. I have no notes of these, so I'm just going to blurt them out. And then let me know if you have something to say about them. Um, I think the soonest uh, Marvel entity that's coming up would be Moon Knight starring Oscar Isaac. That is scheduled for March. I'm I love Oscar Isaac. And I don't know anything about Moon Knight. All I know is that it's kind of like Batman's version, uh, Marvel's version of Batman. Well, for me, I just hope that they don't turn Isaac uh, uh, into like you know purple. Uh, I, I think that'd be a mistake <laughs> uh, of the use of his character. <laughs> oh, God, those, those X Men movies. Such a waste. There was so much money put into all the graphics and all the actors and just so, so wasted. So I hope that now that that I, I'm hoping in Multiverse of Madness that Wanda says, yes, mutants. And then all of a sudden, you know, the X-Men and the mutants um, now exist in the MCU, that the MCU would do a better job. And I'm sure they'll do a better job than how Fox mistreated them. But yeah, Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse was such a waste. It was such a so we'll see we'll see i mean i i did accidentally watch a preview of uh moon knight and um it looks crazy and it looks promising it looks more like something that should be on netflix though because yeah. it looks kind of violent oh but, yeah uh, we'll see yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to see how much uh how much violence are going to be in, in this type of show uh 
but uh, but yeah, I agree with you. It's it's something more that I think would have been more on Netflix or possibly Hulu, since like that's Hulu. the, the mm-hmm. more mature uh, channel that I think Disney would be willing to put that on. But again, we'll exactly. see. Maybe they might be able to bounce it out because um, you know it is it does deal with um, with uh, multiple personalities, uh, uh, and we're dealing with like someone that potentially doesn't know which one's reality. So maybe yeah. in one, it's like more like a dream sequence where he's beating people up versus in real mm-hmm. life. But again, we'll we'll have to see how they pull that off. So, did they mention um, Moon Knight in Doctor Strange? Because there was this really quick sequence where where Strange was driving his Lamborghini, and then um, whoever his assistant was telling him some patients, and he talked about um, somebody having schizophrenia after being struck by lightning. And I'm wondering if that's Moon Knight. Uh, I, I don't know his origins, though, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure about his origins. I thought it was more of a he discovered something in Egypt uh, that uh, that when released to him, he became a uh, like Egyptian god. I, I thought that was more where the Moon Knight uh, like an origin came from. But again, I might I might be mistaken. And uh, yeah, I guess that's one we'll definitely have to wait or. I, uh, I'm looking more forward to seeing like how they they start that off uh, because uh, I think it's going to be kind of a mind trip uh, regarding like hey what's real what's not uh, especially yeah. from Mark Spector like the like the, the character that the, the main character in um, in Moon Knight uh, you know mm-hmm. how how he's going to be dealing with reality which uh, yeah I fully expect like uh, Oscar Isaac to be able to pull that off like really well oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Brilliant actor. And honestly, his his acting chops weren't really put on display during the uh, the Star Wars sequels. But um, I've seen him in other pieces of work, and he's just a really great actor. And he, he also lent his voice to the end credits of Into the Spider-Verse as well. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, then the, did you have anything else to add before I move on to the next uh, one? No. No? Okay. Uh, the next uh, item here is Sony, who owns the rights to Morbius, is scheduled uh, for April. And um, I don't know, I'm lukewarm about this. I'm not really looking forward to it. Jared Leto is an amazing actor. Um, I, I've i seen him in a lot of things from like Fight Club to, um, what was that, Million Dollar something? Um, da, da, Texas, Texas Buyers Club or something like that. Dallas Buyers Club, amazing actor, but I just did not like him as the Joker in 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 any of the DCEU movies. Yeah. So I hope he does a better job in MCU. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. What What are your thoughts on Morbius? Uh, well, I do think it's interesting that uh, yeah, that uh, they did uh, pull it from a January release uh, in order to do like some reshoots. So I'm mm-hmm. curious to see what those reshoots, if we're gonna be able to tell, like. You know when those re- reshoots got uh, inserted, so hmm. it's uh, interesting. Yeah, I think it'll it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, not necessarily one of the big movies I'm looking forward to, but uh, we'll we'll see. Maybe if the reviews come out, maybe it's you know, like it, it it will turn out to be like one of those hidden gems. But uh, yeah. for now, it's like yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, I think for that movie it'll be to introduce like Morbius, um, but also open up the possibility of a much bigger Spider-Verse that uh, Sony gets to play around with. And for that one, we'll we'll have to see. We'll see. And, you know, maybe it'll be part of uh, Free Movie Mondays. We'll see if it's still available in April. Um, And then in May, 
we have Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness. I am really excited about this and I'm really doing my best to avoid like previews and stuff. So I kind of got uh, ambushed when when they showed the preview at the end of uh, No Way Home. But um, of course, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Lizzie again and uh, her badass self. But um, what are your thoughts on um, Doctor Strange 2? Oh, yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's uh, after watching him in uh, No Way Home uh, and watching like that preview. It was uh, yeah, it, it, it looks great. I think it's it. Uh, it's really going to bring together what uh, what was opened up in WandaVision, Loki, uh, like a, yeah, like a No Way Home. I think like there's there's going to be a whole uh, realm of possibilities that uh, Marvel gets to play around with. And uh, yeah, we already saw like one part of it where we know at least like there will be at least one version of uh, Doctor Strange aside from the main one that we're going to see. Um, so again, I think uh, the Cumberbatch is going to is going to knock it out of the park. He's a great actor himself, and yep. uh, being able to portray like different versions of Doctor Strange, I think, is uh, right up his alley. Um, yeah, and yeah, just like the. Uh, uh, I think abduction of like America Chavez, uh, we we definitely know she'll be in the film. That uh, yeah, that whole possibility of being of her being able to move throughout the whole different uh, like a multiverse, uh, I think is one reason, of course, like why she got recruited to be part of the uh, Doctor Strange team, and uh, the fact that if she's, I'm pretty sure she's going to stay in some form or another in the MCU, and that way that does really open up that possibility of going over to like, you know, the what if universe or to go to, you know, different variants, uh, like uh, universes. So, hey, yeah, I think her introduction is an exciting thing regarding the whole uh, multiverse thing. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's it. I think it'll be a great film and I'm definitely looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to the Doctor Strange 2 movie just for the mere fact that in Falcon and Winter Soldier, they talked about the big three threats, aliens androids and wizards and we finally see who, which wizard are they referring to who was a threat to the earth so um yeah that's that's what i'm looking forward to now um on to the next portion is miss marvel kamala khan is scheduled for summer release i'm i'm looking forward to that i i've i've i only know kamala khan from um from some animated series that marvel did and the only thing i know about her is that she is a huge captain marvel fan um she refers to herself as miss marvel she's in high school and then she can make her hands big that's the only thing i know about her um other than that um do you know anything about miss marvel uh yeah i can't say that i've known too much uh, other than that mm -hmm. uh, i know she had to run because she is an inhuman at least in the comics um uh, mm. so like i had followed like a little bit of the inhumans uh, like before uh, so i'm i'm I'd be interested to see if like they still retain that aspect of her, but I, I do mm -hmm. think though like they're uh, and I, I think they already mentioned this like they are going to change her powers uh, because the huge hand thing is kind of like uh, uh, probably doesn't look too <laughs> great on film. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. So I, I wonder, I wonder what powers are going to give her. That's going to be interesting. It's uh, well, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's more like say energy bursts like type of type of thing 
it's uh, I, I think it's like like Jubilee from the X Men. Uh, possibly, uh, hmm. or or maybe closer to her own hero, like Captain Marvel. Um, the mm, fact that they have okay. like the Marvels, uh, and that uh, you know they're gonna have uh, like a uh, like a Monica Rambo like as part of it mm-hmm. as well. I think it it seems like it's gonna be more like an energy based type of thing. Uh, mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kamala Khan's like uh, powers are, are more based on that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it it'll be an interesting series. Like it's. Uh, it, uh, I found as I myself getting a little bit older, it's kind of difficult to follow along with the whole high school uh, like a thing. But <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but still, it's like you know I do look forward to it. So hopefully, it's uh, it 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 uh, it turns out to be a good series. Even though I I kind of heard that they've had their problems, uh, like uh, you know getting uh, the Miss Marvel series done. But again, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, hope for the best. Um, next part here is something I'm looking forward to because it features my favorite MCU director, Taika Waititi. Thor Love and Thunder is coming in the summer around July. And um, yeah, apparently Taika has been quoted as saying like, none of this makes sense. And I think that's absolutely wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's just going to be chaotic and a lot of ad-libbing. I I look forward to more ad-libbing from Chris Hemsworth and uh, we'll we'll see how the rest of the cast um, handles this. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, since since I loved um, like uh, Ragnarok so much, it's like yeah, I'm definitely mm-hmm. looking forward to uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I definitely hope like uh, Taika will be able to. Uh, uh, well, I, I'm pretty sure he he's still going to be a uh, Korg. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, in the movies, so hopefully nothing happens with him, but. Uh, <laughs> like uh, you know, uh, but yeah, definitely. I think it, it, I think it'll be a great series. It'll be interesting to bring to uh, to bring like a Natalie Portman's uh, Jane Foster into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and yeah, just see how that how how that will play out. Considering <laughs> it seemed like Thor was wasn't really completely over her, like. Uh, in the last time that we saw him, like in, in yep. uh, Avengers Endgame. So. Yep. And, and it'll be interesting, too, because Jamie Alexander makes her return as Lady Sif. I mean, she kind of made she made her return already in the Loki series. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's officially making her cinematic return here in Thor Love and Thunder. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I guess it's going to be a some sort of weird love triangle between her and Thor and um and Jane Foster. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's should be crazy. I, I wonder how Natalie's going to do with, with, uh, with, uh, Chris Hemsworth's ad-libbing though, because, um, I, I also heard that Robert Downey Jr. ad-libbed a lot of his lines in the Iron Man movies and Gwyneth Paltrow, you could tell she was kind of struggling <laughs> trying to keep up with him because, you know, she's a fantastic actress, but she goes by a script and here's Robert Downey Jr. like offering her food or saying other things that aren't part of the script. And you can see that she gets kind of lost. But I love it because it kind of plays into the whole erratic behavior that Tony Stark is known for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pepper being just, you know, a normal person who's who's trying to lead a normal life and whatnot. So, yeah, that it'll be interesting how Natalie does this because I haven't seen her in anything lately in at least like the last seven years, I, I don't recall watching her in anything. I mean, me and my daughter, we, we absolutely loved her in V for Vendetta. Um, I loved her as, you know, Padme 
uh, Amidala, of course. Um, and uh, there were a bunch of other movies that she was in as well, where she was, she's a wonderful actress. So we'll, we'll see how she does with ad living. Oh yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to add about Thor before we go to Wakanda forever? Uh, no. All right. So the next part here is Wakanda forever, which is scheduled for November of this year. And the only thing I wanted to add about this, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about black Panther two was that, um, Am I imagining things? Was did I slip through a multiverse? Because I thought Letitia Wright was fired by Marvel uh, a couple of months ago. No, I think that uh, they're not going to renew her contract. Uh, I think she did. She did film like a uh, Wakanda Forever, but uh, I think her views regarding like the uh, vaccine um, kind of for Marvel, there uh, it, it runs counter to what Marvel wants to do regarding uh, vaccine status. So. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like they they let her finish filming out the uh, you know filming Wakanda forever, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think uh, possibly again we'll have to see how the movie goes. Uh, her role might be recast. Because I was trying to do some research earlier um, about you know Letitia getting fired from from Wakanda forever because I thought honestly I swear I I heard this several weeks ago she got fired by Marvel because she refused to get vaccinated. And I'm like, oh, God, that that puts a wrinkle in everything, because we discussed how Letitia was probably going to take up the mantle of Black Panther, uh, just like in the comics. And, you know, that's how they're just going to continue the the story. But um, if she got fired because she refused to get vaccinated, like, where's the story now? But when I was Googling, I couldn't find anything about that. This is why I'm like, did I wake up in another universe? Because I swear I heard that from multiple sources, even on Instagram pages. But there's no Google articles about it. There is the only thing about she injured her shoulder, uh, but she's back in Wakanda um, filming the final scenes for Wakanda Forever before they start doing the CGI stuff. So that's weird. That's just weird to me how anyway. Um, all right. I guess I'm in another multiverse then. Cool. Um, <laughs> uh, the next part here I wanted to discuss was She-Hulk, um, which is going to be a Disney Plus original series. Well, in this series... I actually do hope they turn Jennifer Walters green because that'd be weird if she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I I think they would, oh, right? Yeah. And I'm ex- I'm totally expecting a cameo from Mark Ruffalo at least for an episode or two. And I also totally expect Matt Murdock to be in here as well. It'd be I think it would be also a perfect way to integrate Jessica Jones, you know, as uh, as an investigator yeah. for whatever case that they're they're trying. But um, I doubt it's going to be action packed. It's probably going to be some sort of courtroom thing. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I really don't know what to expect from She-Hulk. I have heard nothing about it, but apparently it's coming out later this year. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, same deal. I, I think it, it's surprisingly going to be more like a uh, like a uh, courtroom drama than anything else. Uh, like, because unl- I, I do think that is an interesting aspect of this whole deal is, okay, well, say the Hulk goes to save someone but they inadvertently, you know, knock down the building <laughs> and the people that own that building. Well, well, we're going to sue like the Hulk. And, you know, this is where Jennifer Walters comes in. It's like, OK, well, her speciality is dealing with court cases that deal with like superhuman beings. So yeah. it's like a, uh, and she just so happens to be one herself. It might be the people from uh, Westview who are suing Wanda. Yeah, could be. We might we might see Wanda again because um, I was trying to think like who who in the Avengers uh, would get into legal problems. And the only thing I can think of is Wanda at this point. 
So, yeah, we'll and, see. Yeah, I think like I, pretty much everyone that did not show up in the uh, Rogers the Musical, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's pretty much open game to getting sued. Yeah, for but, sure. But fortunately, <laughs> Ant-Man did show up, even though he didn't show yep. up in the main battle. Like, apparently he showed up, so I don't think he's getting sued for anything, even though, again, he would be candid to be, to be sued since he actually did violate the uh, uh, um, the uh, Sokovia Accords. The Sokovia Accords, yeah, for sure. Um, and the last um, Marvel cinematic thing we're having is Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which is scheduled, uh, presumably, during the holiday season of 2022. I don't know what to expect from this, because... I'm kind of scared because Star Wars had their holiday special, and that is like one of the worst things I ever, one of the worst travesties I ever saw ever for anything. Uh, so I don't know how this is going to be. But it was directed by James Gunn, and he's done wonders mm. for the whole Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. So, That's true. like, uh, maybe That's it true. could be tongue in cheek, but I fully expect it to be like to be good, even if it's going to be tongue in cheek. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, honestly, I didn't have ex- any expectations for WandaVision, for Hawkeye, for Spider-Man No Way Home, and they absolutely were amazing. So, um, yeah, loved it. Uh, it was a great year for Marvel. Marvel 2021 gave us a lot of stuff. I mean, we've been talking for almost two hours now of just recapping what Marvel did in 2021. And Mac, I, I just want to thank you for for spending some time with me this evening. It's been a while since we've podcasted and uh, appreciate you uh, hopping on the line here. What, any final thoughts about Marvel 2021? Uh, well, it, definitely a great year. A uh, lot of great memories, uh, but Definitely looking forward to 2022. So see how uh, this new year uh, unfolds. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I know it's definitely an interesting end of year for me and <laughs> beginning of this year too. So okay. nice. Uh, hopefully it'll, it'll coincide with uh, what happened with Marvel as well. <laughs> All right. So with that, uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Kingdom's podcast. I am Dre the Ronin. And I'm Mac and Cheese without the sauce. Sorry, Elena. I love you. Peace. <laughs> Bye.